0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin. My name is Eric Jensen, and joined today, Austin, a little under the weather. So, joining me, the host of Locked On Utes, a great daily football podcast for the Utes. I often listen to their recap shows, to his recap shows on Monday. They are excellent. It is JT Wistersill. Now, did I get the last name right there? You did, Eric. Or or did I? (laughs) <laughs> or, or or did I butcher it? Uh, I hope no. I, I I hope I didn't. I, I hope I didn't because you are a very important person, JT, and I I want I, I want to make sure I get your name right. So thank oh, you I so much for joining.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, what a day of football yesterday. I mean, it's absolutely wild, obviously, from my angle, from the Utah stuff. But even just in general, it was still a fun, fun day of football. Obviously, it didn't play out how BYU football fans would really hope for them. But honestly, still just such a fun day yesterday just to be involved involved with college football. And I appreciate the support on Lockdown News as well. And I really enjoy listening to your content as well. I think you do a great job,
0: Eric. Thanks, JT. I appreciate it. Um, let's just get into this thing. I wanted to start with Utah State, Colorado State, just because it's a weird game that we can knock out in about five minutes. Um, Utah State wins this one, 17-13. Story of the game, Cooper Legault comes in, looks really good on his first two drives, but gets knocked out of the game with a concussion. Will Levis, Levi Williams, pardon me, comes in, goes two for nine for 12 yards, looked very very poor in his outing uh but then messed up his ankle and did not return for the second half when they started not redshirt freshman but true freshman i believe 19 year old bishop davenport who went three for nine through the air for 41 yards had a big day rushing as well uh 11 uh, six carries for 38 yards and got, um, got into the end zone once, actually, um, which was quite quite entertaining, had a really nice drive there. But the Utah State defense, really the story in this one, stood up. Uh, Daniel Greshick, two sacks, an absolute monster. Uh, that defense is coming together, and Utah State is suddenly – JT back in the Mountain West Conference uh title game race. Uh they they must win a game against Wyoming this week to, to stay in that race. But a good start to the second half of the season for Van Evans Fave now won two straight.
1: Yeah, and I you mentioned this is a weird game, right? Anytime you have three players attempt over nine passes, the things are going to get a little strange in this one, and they did. But, I mean, good job by Calvin Tyler Jr. getting 129 yards in this one as well. I mean, 252 yards on the ground is really good. So nice that Utah State still had that to rely on and look it is a defensive battle anytime two teams don't reach over 20 in college so all the credit in the world to the Aggies for being able to hang in tough and you know just finding a way to win because even though they didn't score in the fourth quarter still hung on and were able to find that way to win as we talked about and look Colorado State they're not a very good team but it's hard to win on the road especially against a team you're familiar with so credit the Aggies and as you mentioned still got a really good chance to do some things going forward
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how that plays out big game next week against Wyoming, huge game. So we will check that out next week. We'll talk about the Utes now. We'll just, we'll talk about the biggest, I wanted to knock out Utah state first just because we could get through it pretty quick. But the biggest game in the state was Utah USC and Utah Gets a win in a shootout, 43-42. Last second, two-point conversion is good. And that gives Utah the win. Cam rising 30 for 44, 415 yards through the air. Two touchdowns, that's nine yards per attempt. His best game of the year also led the team in rushing with 11 attempts for 60 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Hard to have a better night than Cam Rising did last night.
1: Cam was sensational. I mean, just to see him when this team started to fall behind early. I mean, they were down, four, it was a, I, they fell down fourteen to nothing, then fell down twenty-one to seven as well. There were people in the press box tweeting, "This game is over. I'm going to start writing my recap." But there, you. The reason for that is because of Cam's performance, as you mentioned. Cam was sensational I mean just you talk about the job he did navigating the pocket when pressure would break in he was never sacked and I think the offensive line did a pretty good job but I think even more so Cam deserves credit for moving around and avoiding a lot of that pressure as well so just all the credit in the world to Cam's accurate throw after accurate throw did a great job connecting with Dalton Kincaid and how about Dalton Kincaid as well I mean one shy of an FBS record for catches for a tight end. He caught 16 of 16 passes for 217 yards. He was an absolute monster. Oh, I, I have 30,
0: 234 here. Did ESPN 234? get the stab? Yeah, okay. I think it was 234, yeah.
1: Is it 234? Okay, so the, the quickie stats they rushed us in the post-game press conference said he was uh, at 215, so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but no, that's. It like they miscalculated it for him. But, but, yeah, but hey. Incredible. You know, it's it's positive either way, 215-234, not much of a difference. But still, that's a, that's another catch. Amer, average 14 yards per catch. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. You're right to point that out. He he was an absolute beast for, for the Utes last night.
1: And just for Cam as well, I'll say this, to be able to go in and lead Utah to the comeback on that final drive after how the first game of the season opened where – he stalled where we went in through the interception inside the red zone. just such a black cloud over this team. Just kind of one of those things where just changed everything about the trajectory of what they wanted to accomplish. And they needed to get a win against USC if they wanted to stay alive and have a chance to pack 12 championship. And they were able to do that. Thanks to him. It was funny because we were standing on the field at the final um, at the end of the game. And going into the drive, I said, if Utah scores, they should go for two. As soon as Utah scored, I chickened out of it. I was like, you got to kick the, who cares? Kick the PAT, go to overtime. We'll be fine. But coach Winningham said he knew as soon, as soon as they crossed in, as long as there was only if if the clock was under two minutes he said they were going to go for two if there were still a couple minutes left they would have just kicked the PAT but since it was got that low they decided to put the ball in Cam's hands and man did he make a play if you guys want to see a cool angle on that play as well check out Steve Bartle's Twitter he is right in the middle of the action and what a scene in a moment as soon as Cam crossed the goal line on that two-point conversion the stadium absolutely erupted it was incredible and just an monumental game for the Utes. Probably my favorite game I've seen in rice Echo Stadium. Haven't been watching games up there for the past four years.
0: Yeah, i I would tend to agree that this probably has to be one of the greatest games played in Met Stadium's history, mm-hmm. um, especially because of how good you know USC was. Caleb oh Williams, gosh. a huge day. The completion percentage doesn't say it, but he put up 381 yards and five touchdowns. Like that's that's pretty insane. But with that said, obviously this is a positive for Utah, uh, a, a huge win against the sixth-ranked team in the country. And am I looking at this right? Um, I guess the AP poll has vet dropped yet, or not or that not? I saw
1: personally or not
0: okay gotcha let me
1: i would expect utah to be somewhere at 15 or 14 i was looking at it last night i think they'll be i I shouldn't even say 14 i think they'll be like 15 or 16 like right around there they're gonna remain the highest Two-loss team, yeah, but still hard to put them higher than that. The Trojans will remain higher than them. I mean, look at you talked about USC playing really well in this game. Yeah, You go on the road to a place where they haven't lost with fans in attendance since 2018, and you you don't you surrender the league lead until the final minute of the game, even. So it was, a, it was still a great performance by USC offensively. I mean, defensively they fell apart kind of in the second half. I mean, the Utah defense really never showed up at all game long except for on the final drive when they needed to get some kind of a stop. But yeah, I mean, you could clearly see USC is a top 10 team. And if that game's even played on a neutral site, I do believe the Trojans come out of there with a win. But that's the home field advantage that Rice Eccles provides, the must, all of that. And it's what made for such an incredible scene when they wanted to see all the fans rush the field like that. It was something that was really special.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the defense for Utah doesn't really show up. It, it's a concerning trend because this is now about three games against quality opponents where the defense doesn't show up and it's it's not great but your best defensive performances come against arizona state oregon state and san diego state three teams that have really terrible offenses um how how worried are you moving forward about this utah defense i'm sort of Concerned, I do think that there is definitely another loss somewhere on the schedule here for Utah. Uh, whether it be Washington State in Pullman on a Thursday night, that feels like a little bit of a trap game, or Arizona, uh, that's probably going to be a day game at Rice Eccles. That could be a little bit tricky, seeing as they struggled with Arizona last year and it's kind of the same makeup of the team. And then of course they have to go to Oregon. And I've argued all year that that is Oregon's game of the year, that that is the game that Utah beat them handily twice last year. And they are going to come out fired up for that one. So how concerned are you about this defense moving forward?
1: I'm extremely concerned because they simply can't get pressure with four. You need they needed to blitz in the second half to be able to create a little bit of chaos for Caleb Williams. And that's what we saw Clark Phillips getting a couple sacks, Corene Reed at a couple sacks. But just this defense has to bring pressure, whether it's guys like Gabe Reed, Van Fillinger, Junior Tufuna. Uh, all of them they're just not winning on a consistent basis one-on-one so it's really unfortunate that early on in that game Caleb Williams had all day to throw in the pocket and you know everyone's criticizing just talk about the Utah defense in general I do think the secondary is not that bad yes they're going to get beat a little bit I don't think they're one of the five best secondaries in the nation but I do think they're still I personally still think they're one of the best in the Pac-12 I just think you can't cover for that long because they can't get any pressure you also have linebackers who are just really struggling this season as well and I thought Corona Reid played pretty well last night but guy like Mahama Diabate, he just flies all over the field. That's why teams have so much success running reverses because he sees a gap. He's going to jump and try to go right through it, and then he just shoots himself right out of the play. So they got a lot of issues they need to work out. They got absolutely creamed schematically last night as well. I'll say I thought early on. I think they made some good adjustments in the second half. And I mean, one thing that look, I don't think USC was going to score on that final drive, but losing Jordan Addison was a a huge loss for this Trojans team. I saw him leave the game on crutches. I don't know how serious that is. I really hope he comes back at some point in the season, but look, this, yeah, the Utah defense is extremely concerning. I think that's what makes it so exciting that the offense, like Cam, like you mentioned, played his best game of the season, was in control, just able to move the ball like that. They've been talking for so long about getting Dalton more involved in the offense, and they finally did that. The other thing they've been talking about for Utah was finding those explosive plays, and Money Parks having the huge 45-yarder that was something we've been uh, everyone had been saying all year was where's the explosiveness and money came up and makes a play like that so that was great to see and look you mentioned the schedule I would be extremely nervous about that Washington State game if it was all the way if it was this week instead Utah's a buy now so they get to rest up and it's a little bit of a shorter buy but when you play a Thursday game that's the that's how you would want to do it so I think the fact that they get to rest up a little bit I do think this team will come in and be ready for it. And hopefully they can work on and try to fix some things defensively, whether that is just working on some pass rush stuff. And Utah do, it does have a new defensive line coach. So I think that's another thing that's kind of factored into all this as well, As guys just kind of learning a couple of things as well. Cause I asked coach Whittingham what kind of changed in the second half. And they said, just telling their guys to have more of a pass rush mindset as well as just bringing that extra pressure. So there's definitely some potential for some losses in this schedule. You mentioned the Oregon game. That was one going into the season I had circled as Utah's lone loss on the year. Cause I personally had Utah going 11 and one, obviously that's off the table now, but I do still think this team can win 10 games, repeat as PAC 12 champions and have a real chance in the Rose bowl. But like you said, it's going to be interesting to see because when your defense performs like that, you're definitely in danger of dropping some games. The Arizona game scares me a little bit. They did pretty well against them last year, but just having them come up like that, if it was on the road, I'd be even more nervous. But I, I have a hard time believing this team's going to lose in rice cycles again this season based on how good they looked yesterday at home.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the offense? Do you, now, we did mention – but, but one thing I do worry about is it feels like to win the rest of the way with the defense, the way it, it's playing, Cam Rising has to play perfect, basically. And last night he did play perfect. He, he he played the perfect game at quarterback. But you look at other games this year, like UCLA, he doesn't play a perfect game. Oregon State, he doesn't really play a perfect game. Florida, he doesn't really play a perfect game. it's And it's asking a lot. It, it is asking a lot to ask your college quarterback to be perfect and an NFL level starter, which is how he played last night. Do you think he can consistently do that down the stretch? That's something to me that's very interesting for this second half of the season is just how consistent can these performances be? Because as you mentioned, there's, there's no doubt about it. He played very, very well last night, but We've only seen that type of performance from him once this year. Can he put some more of those together, do you think? Do you think this is where the Utah offense truly breaks out and gets back to how they looked for most of the second half of last year?
1: I'll say yes, but I'll mention a reason I am a little nervous. If you told me last night going into the game that Tavion Thomas would have 28 yards, I would have said there's no way Utah wins this game. And that's what happened. They were able to find a way to win. They haven't really been able to get the run game going. I mean, you look at even Makai Bernard, they rolled with him. He only had 37 yards on the ground. So you can't, and Cam is a phenomenal runner. Every time this team gets in short yardage situations, they give it to Cam, which is what I love because then you just use the running back as a lead blocker. So it's just an extra guy in there. And Cam is so powerful that it's hard for Defensive linemen even to bring him down with arm tackles, so he's almost always gotten positive yardage when he does end up tucking it and running, which I think is a great thing for this Utah team. But as you mentioned, I'm a little concerned just because of the running game. And look, this Utah team got really cute with their offensive line before the season opened. In my opinion, I think it was a huge mistake. You got, I think the left side of the offensive line is pretty good. And I like, I think Paul Miley is coming along at center as well. You know, Brayden Daniels has been a starter forever on this team, and he's acclimated pretty well at left tackle. Keaton Bills does a good job. But I'm looking at a guy in Jaron Kump, who they didn't start the season with Kump, they started with Michael Mokofisi. They made that swap. But the thing I'm confused about is that right tackle, you have Satawa Laumea, who's been an outstanding guard for you for the past couple of seasons. And you thought your best, you just wanted to put your best offensive lineman out there. So you kick him out to right tackle. He really struggled in the UCLA game. He gave up eight pressures in that one. So I, I really wish they would have just kept Satawa at right guard and then just started the year with Cump at right tackle. But either way, they got cute with it. And that cost him early. Cump got beat a couple times really bad last night that put Utah behind the sticks. And a couple times they made up for it. A couple times they were forced to punt. They were still able to find a way to win somehow, which there were numerous points in that game where you're looking at it like Caleb Williams, a escapes the sack in the end zone and gets out of it somehow like that's that should be a moment where it's like oh you lose the game because of that but they're able to find a way to win so either way but this offensive line still concerns me because of that right kind of what they did with the right side and guys playing out of position and still being a little uncomfortable there but i do think when you have a guy like cam i i think you can do it and i look at you mentioned the florida game right like all he did like cam was just one throw away from that being a right for moment, signature performance that one as well In my opinion, against UCLA, he had the bad – the interception was bad. Um, The fumble – look, I wish he wouldn't have fumbled. But it's kind of the same thing with Makai Bernard's fumble last night. Like, you never want your guys to fumble. But I give so much credit to the defense on those kind of plays because when you can lead with your helmet like that and put it right on the ball, not – not at the not helmet to helmet now don't get ejected but when you can fly in there like that and you're able to use your helmet to jar the ball out there's almost nothing you can do to hold on to the ball there so i give more credit to the defense for those plays and especially last week i mean the defense couldn't stop Cole, so there was no way utah was really even going to get back at that with the way the defense was performing so i do trust cam i trust this offense i think guys like i Devon Vele as well look he had five for 62 and a touchdown but felt like every single one of the, I mean he averaged 12 yards catch and it felt like almost every single one of those was a big play for this Utah team and we know Dalton made big plays as well so Solomon Ines getting back acclimated in the offense with Jalen Dixon and Money Parks their combination of just bringing a little bit more explosiveness to this team and at the end of the day when you got a guy in Cam who coach Winningham has consistently called one of the best leaders I really trust this Utah offense, and I think they can can, will continue to put up points and hopefully can get back to somewhat of last year's form. I'm just not sure the running game is ever going to get going this year, whether that's because of Tavion's struggles or the offensive line struggles.
0: Okay. I'm interested to see how the second half of this season plays. Personally, I, I do think there are two losses left. But I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I can definitely
1: if, see that. I, can I absolutely I, see
0: that. I wouldn't be shocked if it's only one. I think it all – I think it really does all come down to that Washington State game in a week. If if I'm wrong, which I probably will be because Utah plays well off a bye, you are right. Uh, I think the two games that I, I circle right now is games that they will have difficulties in. It's Washington State and Oregon. But if it, if they beat Washington State, I think the positive momentum. There's no way they're losing to a bad Stanford team at home, and they probably take care of Arizona, and then it's Colorado at the end of the year. So yeah, I, I could definitely see the argument that Oregon is maybe like, the only loss. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but nice win for them yesterday, though. They, they, yes, they, very they, nice win for them.
1: But yeah, <laughs> they
0: give the victory over Cal. But yeah, yeah, no, I I do not foresee. Um the Ute's getting beat, even though it's at Folsom Field this year. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, no, uh, don't see that happening. All right, let's talk about BYU briefly and then yeah. we can get out of here. Uh woof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I don't know, it's almost like I I feel but kind of bad talking about BYU at this point because it's like the same thing every single week. It's I, I get on here with Austin or whatever, and we talk, and it's like, well, why why, why BYU lose this week? Well, the offense was awesome. Jaron Hall threw for 356 yards, three touchdowns, and had a bunch of pro-level throws. They had two receivers break 120 yards. Cody Epps had 125 through Vier Puka Nakua had 141. Keanu Hill behind them at 61. They were an explosive vertical passing attack, but the defense is just so, so, so bad. And you can look at that number, that crazy number that we've been lo- that I bring up every week this season. How many sacks did BYU have this game? None. That gives them nine sacks through seven games. To put that in context, Kansas, I know they've had a good year, but it's Kansas. Kansas, I believe, has, i last time I checked, this is not figuring in yesterday, but 16 sacks. Oklahoma State, the best team in the conference, arguably, 16 sacks. BYU is not going to fare well in the Big 12. That's just my general takeaway from this year. They have not recruited well up front. They do not have good defensive personnel. And it's going to be rough because Arkansas eventually figured out, oh, yeah, we can run on this team. Raheem Sanders averaged 11 yards a carry. 11 yards a carry That's on, on 15 carries. It's not like he only had four carries for like 15 yards each. Like, no, he had 15 carries and averaged 11 yards a carry. That's, I mean, I I don't know how they keep the same coaching staff defensively going into next year. This has been two back-to-back years where the BYU defense has been absolutely awful. And you just got to put it how it is. This is, this is an abject failure for the Cougars this season. Their big four games were Notre Dame, uh, Arkansas, um Oregon, Oregon and Baylor. And Baylor. And people thought, oh man, like I think they're gonna have a pretty good year. And the expectation was that they were gonna go two and two in those games. They did not. They went one and three, and Baylor's not that good a team. And uh-huh. n- now you've got easy teams for rest of the way. But it almost doesn't matter because you're an independent and you're headed to Shreveport.
1: Yeah, I mean, given up, like you just said, given up 52 at home, and I know. That Arkansas has some players on offense, but still, this is a team that was struggling coming into this game as well. Arkansas was trying to avoid going 0 and 3 in their last couple of games, and now they're able to go in and get a win. And as you and as we just talked about, like averaging 11 yards a carry is just incredible. So I've always been a fan of KJ Jefferson. I think he is a good player. I mean, threw for 367 and five touchdowns in this one. But you just mentioned those sacks. You do. You have to be able to get after the quarterback. And I mean, we saw the BYU's offense be productive, as you talked about Jaron Hall had a good game, still ran for 115 yards on the ground as well, which is solid, not, not outstanding, but I mean, the Razorbacks didn't get any sacks either. So, but defensively, as you mentioned, just can't get a stop. You can't give up that many yards on the ground. I mean, 277 yards on the ground. That is just, it can't happen. So it's just, it's a really tough loss for this BYU team. And as you mentioned, they are, they are one in three in those games as well. And I don't know. It just, it was weird after the Baylor loss. Like it was obviously huge. Like they rushed the field and everything. And it was really cool. Like they did that against Utah last year and still finished the season really strong. Like they were able to come down from that loss and kind of reset. And it feels like this BYU team really struggled with that. We saw them get the doors blown off when they went up to Oregon and looked tough loss to Notre Dame as well. And then even, I mean, this was a really tough loss too. And you give up 52 at home. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens with this team. You know, after the Baylor loss, it just felt like – I'm a huge Kalani Satake fan. I, it just felt like, to me, he was going to be destined to get a big job after this offseason. I, I didn't I don't know where. I just felt like he was going to – someone was really going to want him to lead their program, and he would end up somewhere. But now with the way this team's playing, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, we saw Mario Cristobal get a job after his team kind of just completely didn't show up two games against Utah, but that's kind of different with him returning to his alma mater and him still winning Pac-12 championships, so – I'm really not sure where this BYU team goes going for it. Because as you mentioned, they're gonna beat up on some bad opponents now and it and it looks good, but it is disappointing for this team that has so much potential because of that big win over Baylor. But as you mentioned, Baylor, we don't even know Baylor's not very good. So it's like, ugh, just it makes it tough, but Either way, an opportunity for this team to still do some things in the season as well. I mean, even we were actually talking yesterday in the press box up at Utah. I mean, we, we very well could be he- heading for the Vegas Bowl being Utah and BYU, depending on how these two teams finish out the season. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. But yeah, if you're a Cougars fan, you got to be disappointed, especially because it's not like you said. I mean, technically you don't get blown out, but it just sucks to give up 52 points.
0: Yeah, 52 points at home is is not great. And, uh-huh. and, you know, credit Arkansas. They have a very good offense. But part of what's held them back in the SEC, too, is that their defense hasn't been very good. And, and they got exposed again against BYU. And if you could have just gotten even two or three more stops, you could have been in this game. But at, almost every time Arkansas got the ball in this game, they scored. Yeah. That's why
1: Utah was in their game. Utah was in their game because even though their defense wasn't good, they just got a couple of stops. I mean, you never giving up forty to an opponent is not good, <laughs> and that's what Utah did. But they got a couple of those stops in the second half, and even some late in the first half that just allowed them to get the win. And that was not what BYU did.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough look for for BYU, and you know they move forward now, and it's we'll we'll just see how it ends up. Shaken out in the end, but a tough, tough loss for the Cougars. Who, who, like I said, now, easy schedule ahead. Yep. Liberty, East Carolina, although (laughs) Liberty, pretty good offense. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, that feels like that could be at Liberty. That feels like it could be a little bit hairy. East Carolina. Uh, Boise State on a down year, Utah Tech, Stanford. You should win most of your games for the rest of the year, but, you know, even if you finish nine and three. Yeah, hey, X- Stanford
1: just beat Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, yeah, Stanford did just beat Notre Dame. That's a good point. And, you know, I, I do feel like they'll beat most of these teams, but mm-hmm. would not shock me if they picked up another loss somewhere along the way. Uh, I think, but. Uh, it doesn't matter because the expectation this year was a 10 win season and they're just, they're not going to get that. And no. it's, 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 un, it's unfortunate because it, it's more fun when everyone's good in the state and they're, and they're going to, they're going to head and play some conference USA team in their bowl game now, which is not going to be as fun. And knowing, knowing BYU, they might not show up for that game. So uh Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the way, but definitely a tough, tough sledding for them in uh, in uh, in this season. Yeah. Right, a
1: massive, massive disappointment. And the last thing I'll just add is it was yeah, honestly, every, like we just talked about the teams, like how disappointing, the state of utah in general what a lot of people are saying it's the most underrated college football state in terms of the talent what teams can do and in a lot of ways they have disappointed you talked about disappointment utah week one had an awesome opportunity to go into the sec get a monster win against a team that we now see in florida that is very middle of the pack sec maybe even a little bit more towards the bottom and you lose that game and then you lose as well the UCLA, and now you're not in the college football playoff discussion, which was the goal of this team. I literally right. was talking to players the week before the UCLA game, and they were still talking about their goals to make the national championship game. And now those are obviously gone. And even Utah State, I mean, we can throw in the Weber State loss as well. So it's just been a little bit of a disappointing year for all these teams. They still have opportunities to still do some good things, go to a bowl game like that. You mentioned very well, though, BYU showing up in bowls is kind of, uh, but even Utah, I mean, they look, the Rose Bowl was still a six, oh, Moral victory, still lost it. How about the Alamo Bowl for Utah a couple of years ago? That was one of the worst like sports memories in my life. They got their absolute doors blown off by Texas. And that was an extremely disappointing year for Texas as well. So yeah, it's just it's a little bit disappointing to see what's happened with the state this year. But all of them have at least an opportunity to still do some positive things going forward. But they won't be able to hit those initial expectations, which is disappointing.
0: Yeah. All right, JT. Well, thank you so much for uh coming on this morning this has been a ton of fun we'd love to have you back on at, at another time hopefully we can get austin looped in uh, as well maybe after the oregon game that feels like a big one uh a later in the season uh if you would just want to shout out your social medias really quick obviously people can follow you at locked on utes people should go subscribe to that but yeah any plugs you want to get in stuff like that just go for it
1: yeah well i appreciate it eric and yeah just go over follow me on twitter at jt wister and like you mentioned locked on utes as well another good one Do you like to subscribe to our channel as well as we'll be breaking down tons of fun content from the usc game this week and yeah just keep it to my twitter or do write some mute zone do a couple other fun things as well i mean i'm not like, the quality of twitter follow that eric is but I, I try to do some things to make it fun but appreciate you having me on eric always a lot of fun talking with you keep up the great work
0: oh no my twitter is a nightmare yeah. <laughs> don't don't even feel no 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 need to compare yourself to that that my twitter is subhuman at points so uh i appreciate you coming on thank you so much jt this has been a ton of fun. all right folks we'll be back next week keep an eye out for our next nfl show on tuesday see you then peace out